With Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, our online banking and mobile app are like having a branch right at your fingertips with everything you need to use and manage your accounts 24-7. Check us out at NotreDameFCU.com, insured by NCUA. Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. This show is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, and I'm Kyle Hyman here with our good bishop. Today we're talking about the St. Vincent de Paul Society, which, Bishop, I growing up, St. Vincent de Paul Society was synonymous with thrift store to me. Like I, I thought that's what they did is they ran a thrift store. Uh-huh. That's where we got all our clothes. It was run out of the church basement. Do you remember your first memories of St. Vincent de Paul Society? I don't remember. Would have been in a parish when you were a priest? I don't remember there being a conference at my parish, so I don't remember when I first learned about them. Oh, very good. Well, we're going to learn more about them today, as well as a talk that you gave to their community. So before we do that, would you like to start us in prayer? Yes, and I thought it would be appropriate to do the prayer for the canonization of the founder of the St. Vincent de Paul Society, Blessed Frederick Ozanam. He has been beatified. He was actually beatified by Pope St. John Paul II during World Youth Day. 25 years ago in Paris in 1997. So this is a prayer for another miracle so that he would be canonized the saint. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, you made blessed Frederick Ozanam a witness to the gospel, full of wonder at the mystery of the church. You inspired him to alleviate poverty and injustice, and endowed him with untiring generosity in the service to all who were suffering. In family life, he revealed a most genuine love as a son, brother, husband, and father. In secular life, his ardent passion for the truth enlightened his thought, writing, and teaching. His vision for our society was a network of charity encircling the world, and he instilled St. Vincent de Paul's spirit of love, boldness, and humility. His prophetic social vision appears in every aspect of his short life, together with the radiance of his virtues. We thank you, Lord, for those many gifts, and we ask if it is your will, the grace of a miracle through the intercession of Blessed Frederick Ozanam. May the Church proclaim His Holiness as a saint, a providential light for today's world. We make this prayer through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you, Bishop. Maybe that kind of gets into the the beginnings of how this all got started. Can you give us a little background on the St. Vincent de Paul Society? Yes. Well, the history is is very interesting. As I mentioned, the founder was Blessed Frederick Ozanam, and he was a young law student in Paris in the 1830s. And there was a lot of social turmoil at that time. He saw the evils of society at that time. There were many injustices. There was a lot of poverty. And there was a lot of anti-Catholic sentiment. You know, this was, what, 40 50 years after the French Revolution, but there was still a lot of anti-clericalism, a lot of anti-Catholicism. So when he was in school 
as I said, a young law student, his Catholic beliefs were often attacked in the classroom. I can imagine this is, has its parallels today at some mm-hmm. colleges and universities. Well, Frederick and his fellow students were really hearing a lot of falsehoods, more falsehood than truth in their classes. So Frederick gathered some students who shared his faith and his values, and they would meet to discuss the challenges of the day in the light of the gospel and in light of Catholic teaching, Catholic thought. And one day, a a fellow student who was rather hostile to Frederick and his friends and really hostile to the church confronted him and said, what is your church doing today to meet the needs of society? Again, all the poverty, all the injustice in the society at that time. And he said, he challenged them, what's your church doing to meet the needs of society? Well, Frederick and his companions realized that they needed to concretize their faith in action. They needed to live their faith in a way that the early church did and the apostles and to evangelize like the apostles did and the early Christians, not just by their words, but by the constant practice of charity. So he really took seriously the words of St. John in his first epistle. We must love not just in words, but in deeds. That was actually the theme of one of our annual bishop's appeal some years ago. So Frederick rallied his friends And he said, he exhorted them, he said, the blessing of the poor is that of God. Let us go to the poor. Let us go to the poor. And that's how the St. Vincent de Paul Society began. And he was only 20 years old. And he was a law student, as I said. Um, Very providentially, Frederick and his friends were inspired by a religious sister who was a daughter of charity. That was the order of, well, it's a a daughter of charity of St. Vincent de Paul. And this sister's name was Sister Rosalie Rendu. And Sister Rosalie served the destitute and the poorest of the poor in a very bad section of Paris. And she was known really as the mother of the poor. Beautiful, beautiful woman. She was, in a sense, it's similar to St. Vincent de Paul, who lived 200 years earlier. Now, that's a surprise to a lot of people. They think St. Vincent de Paul founded the society. No, blessed Frederick Ozenam did. Right. But it was 200 years earlier that St. Vincent lived. But it was interesting, this, this religious sister, the mother of the poor, Sister Rosalie Rendu, taught Frederick and his friends about the poor and how to minister to them with love and respect. She said, be kind and love, because love is your first gift to the poor. Love Mm. is your first gift to the poor. So Frederick and his friends named this new society after the co-founder of the Daughters of Charity, St. Vincent de Paul. St. Louise de Marillac was the other co-foundress of the Daughters of Charity, and it was St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, who was the first daughter of charity. She started the American Daughters of Charity 
in Baltimore and Emmitsburg, Maryland. And by the way, Sister Rosalie Rendu was beatified by Pope St. John Paul II in 2001. So John Paul beatified her just four years after beatifying Blessed Frederick. And it's really amazing. I mean, this spread throughout France and Italy and around Europe and around the world. But the whole idea was not only bringing food and clothing to the poor, but bringing friendship to the poor. Like Sister Rosalie said, love is your first gift to the poor. Now, keep in mind, Frederick was still a student, so he was busy with his studies. He actually got two law degrees, two um, doctoral degrees. He was really intelligent. He had a, he got a degree in law and a degree in literature. And he actually became a professor of commercial law, and then he became a professor of foreign literature. So when you think about, you know, he was, but all the t- same time, he was very involved in this society that he founded. It was during this time he fell in love. He married a, a woman by the name of Emily. I guess it's like English Emily, Emily. And his brother officiated at the wedding because his older brother, Alphonse, was a priest and he officiated at their wedding. And Frederick and Emily had a daughter named her Marie after the Blessed Mother because Frederick had a great devotion to Mary. And he was really an extremely devoted husband and father. And he was advancing in his career. As I said, he was, a, he was a professor. He was a scholar who published many books, was a very popular teacher, an excellent teacher. But in the midst of these family and work responsibilities, he continued to be fully devoted to the society he founded. In fact, the Society of St. Vincent de Paul spread and grew, as I said, throughout France, many other countries during his lifetime. Actually, it began the first group or conference of the Society of St. Vincent de Paul was, came to the United States in 1845. So that was in St. Louis, Missouri. So when you think about it, it wasn't that long that it, it really spread. So it was amazing growth. I think it was the work of the Holy Spirit acting through Blessed Frederick and Blessed Rosalie and a lot of other saintly men and women who followed them. When you think about what we call the Vincentian family, you know, all these that have a connection to St. Vincent to Paul, you know, we have Vincentian priests, we have these daughters of charity, and there's a number of saints. And they were filled with love of God and inspired by the life and teachings of Jesus, and attracted by this Vincentian charism. And it was a spirituality that really appeals to the human heart. And I think that's why it spreads so much. You know, St. Vincent de Paul Society, therefore, isn't just like a social agency or a philanthropic group. Members gather and work together as brothers and sisters in the name of Jesus and in the spirit of St. Vincent de Paul, and the spirit of Blessed Frederick Ozanam and Sister Blessed Rosalie Rendu. So it's more than a social service agency or a benevolent society. It's a Catholic apostolate in, in that it's rooted in the teachings of the Lord Jesus, 
and our Lord's own service to others, especially to the poor and to the suffering. I recently spoke at a gathering. It was a, a benefit for the St. Vincent's Paul Society of St. Joseph County, and they had a fundraising gala, and I was really happy. I talked a lot about what I'm talking about now, about Blessed Frederick Ozanam, and, and I encouraged everybody that evening, just like all the listeners on the radio today, to support the ministry of St. Vincent's Paul Society, to be, become members or become partners in bringing, mm-hmm. you know, con- concrete aid and the comfort of God's love to those who are poor and in need. And to be partners in prayer because some people, especially maybe some uh, elderly or infirm people, can't really go out and, and do work with them, but they can pray. And all this service to the poor that this society does is rooted in prayer and nourished by prayer because the whole idea is seeing Christ in the faces of our brothers and sisters in need. And a unique thing of this society is they give person-to-person help to those who are needy and suffering. And it's in doing that that they also, the members, grow spiritually. So they, they look not only at the corporal needs of people, but also their spiritual needs. So really they're involved in corporal works of mercy. I think most people know that, but also spiritual works of mercy. And when one's a member of the Society of St. Vincent de Paul, they can see this as a part of walking a path to holiness by doing the corporal and spiritual works of mercy together with prayer. So I think the ministry of Vincentians is a great testimony of living Catholicism. I mean, going back to how Blessed Frederick was was challenged by that hostile classmate, like, what are you doing? What is your church doing, mm-hmm. you know, to meet the needs of society? How do we answer that question? It was a challenge that Blessed Frederick took up. And, I mean, we're talking about 189 years ago because the society was founded in Paris on April 23rd, 1833. So in 11 years, we'll be celebrating its bicentennial. And I really believe that the ministry of Vincentians is as much needed today as it was back then. And we really have quite a number of parish conferences in our diocese. I don't have the exact number, but a lot of parishes. And when I was speaking up in St. Joseph County, I pointed out that the first St. Vincent de Paul Society conference up there was in 1904. There were 30 members of St. Patrick Parish in 1904. But now in St. Joseph County alone, one of the 14 counties of our diocese, there are 18 parish conferences of St. Vincent de Paul. So there's a lot of people committed to the mission of love and service of the poor in our parishes. So, you know, it's not enough just to speak about love, to speak about charity, but to live it through our actions and our generous sacrifices. And that's really what St. Vincent de Paul Society is all about. And that's why I'm grateful that so many of our parishes have conferences. Are the conferences always tied to a particular parish or are they ever like joint, like a couple parishes go together or an area? That's a good question, Kyle. I know... 
if a parish doesn't have a conference, I think parishioners in that parish may join one at another parish. I'm not, oh, sure. I'm not familiar with any that are joint conferences. There could be. I just okay. am not, not sure. All right. Well, that was really good background. I think it'd be good to get into some of the practicals of, of how they're serving our community. I think it's interesting that you added in the spiritual component because I think I usually think of the physical needs of people that they're providing for. And also like to dive in a little bit more to the, the talk that you gave to the St. Vincent de Paul Society. And so that'll be coming up on Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Credit scores are important to financial health. Do you know yours and how it's calculated? A poor credit score can make it hard to get a loan, a credit card, or even a job. We can help answer questions and possibly save you money. Hi, I'm Diane Freeby of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, inviting you to schedule a free financial checkup today at NotreDameFCU.com slash elevate. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame FCU. Welcome back to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I'm Kyle Hyman here with Bishop talking about the St. Vincent de Paul Society. And Bishop, you were talking about how it was formed and you mentioned that they take care of spiritual needs as well as physical needs. I was looking on websites and stuff like that and was surprised to see how much they do. I, I was familiar with the thrift store and I know that they do food pantries and financial needs of individuals as they come up and, and will take care of that. But they also have jail ministry. There's a transportation service that they'll drive people around if they need to. There's a wood shop. And in fact, there was an article that came out recently, one of the secular news channels talking about that wood shop and the good work that they're doing. <laughs> what What is some of the work that you see them doing that you're aware of? And, and then maybe a little bit into the spiritual needs as well as the physical yeah, you know, I've I've been in the St. Vincent de Paul facilities, both in Fort Wayne and South Bend, and it's really neat to see all the different services that they do, including the wood shop. I saw them building bunk beds and yeah. making dressers. And so, I mean, they do a lot of good. And some of them, I think they deliver. And, and the other thing is they go out to the poor. In other words, there's the poor who come to the parish seeking help, but they also make home visits. That's where mm -hmm. the spiritual work of mercy comes because mm -hmm. they're also developing relationships and they work hard. I mean, one of the things that Blessed Frederick followed that St. Vincent de Paul had said 200 years earlier, he says, let us love God. Let us love God, but let it be with the strength of our arms and the sweat of our brow. So... Wow. It's saying like, yeah, make it real, make it concrete. So there's this spiritual component is really important. Another thing that uh, Blessed Frederick wrote that really moved me was he wrote to a fellow member of the society regarding the people whom they were called to serve. And he said, we must fall at their feet and say to them, like mm -hmm. the apostle, tu es dominus meus, you are my Lord. You are our masters, and we are your servants. You are for us the sacred images of the God whom we do not see. And not knowing how to love him in another way, we love him through you. 
And I think, you know, it's kind of like wow. Mother Teresa, you know, that's how Mother Teresa right. saw Jesus in the distressing disguise of the poor. So I think that's part of the uniqueness of the St. Vincent de Paul Society. And that's why the spiritual component is so essential. And that's why I love the charism, because, you know, you have like various Vincentian saints that you can learn about and be inspired. So it's one is actually can really grow in holiness by being a member, an active member of the St. Vincent de Paul Society, working in the woodshop, driving the van, visiting people, helping out at the jail. The thrift store, there's no longer a thrift shop in, uh, they had a couple thrift shops on the South Bend side, but they that was a way to not only sell things at a, you know, a very modest price, but it was a, a fundraising thing. So the profits would go right. to them helping the poor. Well, that was operating in the red in South Bend. And partly because also they're, I think, paying high rent and everything. So they really weren't making any money. So they don't have thrift stores in South Bend anymore, the same business policy. But, but the one in Fort Wayne, that's a major source of support. So so we have volunteers, for example, who help at the at the thrift store, and that helps to raise the money for the direct help to the poor. We see now with energy costs, for example, you know, we're going to have a lot mm-hmm. of people who are going to need help with heating bills this winter. Obviously, some people, you know, needing help with not just utilities, but even gas for their cars, whatever. And of course, there's the normal things, food, clothing. There's a program up in South Bend, Sweet Dreams Ministry, that provides new mattresses and bed frames, pillows, sheets, and blankets to children in St. Joseph County. You know, we don't even yeah. think about that so much, but just having a, a bed and be able to keep warm and not sleep on the floor so I'm really good. I would like to see more youthful membership. A lot of the members are, um, well, probably a lot of retired people who have time to help and all that. Right. But I think we need to get more young people involved as well. Now, it is good. Like our Catholic high schools, the kids will, some of them will do projects to help St. Vincent's Paul Society or, or do some mm-hmm. service hours there. But I would like to see more young adults becoming members. People are so busy today. But I think if they did, they would say, wow, this is a good way to spend my time. Yeah. You compared this to Mother Teresa, and I'm thinking of both of those, the the religious order, the Sisters of Charity that Mother Teresa started, how quickly they grew mm-hmm. and how quickly it seems like the St. Vincent de Paul Society has grown and, and spread across the world. What do you think is it is about these two different ministries that are so selfless and sacrificial that are attracting people to something that seems unattractive by cultural standards? You know, that's a really good question. I think people, you know, who really read the Gospels and listen to the Gospels, sometimes in their heart, I mean, we have so many generous people. They're moved by the words of Jesus to help those who are in need. And then I think there are people who are like, they'll ask, well, how can I do that? You know, I don't, maybe I don't know any really poor people. Well, here's an opportunity, you know, that you can get actively involved. So I think 
For many, it's a spiritual motivation. I think of the generosity of our young people, young adults, and I think if more of them knew about St. Vincent de Paul or saw what they're doing in their parishes, I think we have to really do more to invite them to, uh, to become members. We've talked in the past about Catholic Charities, mm-hmm. which is a more closely, is, is it under the diocese or is it its own separate thing? But Yeah, I mean, it's diocesan Catholic diocese. Charities, but it's also okay. its own nonprofit corporation. But I'm the okay. I'm the chair of the board, and you know, so it's <laughs> yeah. you know, it's kind of un- it's still under the bishop, yeah. So how is that different from the Saint Vincent de Paul Society? There's a little bit of overlap because you know, for example, Catholic Charities has a food pantry in South Bend. Uh-huh. So there's certain things that we would both do, but I'd say South Catholic Charities is more geared though to getting people out of poverty by helping them you know, with job skills, helping them complete education. You know, we have counseling services. You know, we have refugee resettlement. But there's a lot of collaboration between our different Catholic organizations. But I think with Catholic Charities, we're talking about kind of getting more to the root causes of poverty and addressing them, which could be lack Mm -hmm. of education, lack of opportunity, need for some counseling because of difficulties in people's lives that then prevent them from from working or getting a decent job. So, I mean, we also have services for pregnant women and all of that in Catholic charities. So I would say they're very much complementary organizations, but the mission is somewhat different. Sure. Well, anything else, uh, highlights from your talk that you gave to the St. Vincent Paul Society? Any message that you had for them? Yeah, I did talk about how so many people, even today, are overwhelmed by troubles in their lives. And, you know, there is material poverty, but there's also spiritual poverty. And I recalled to them um, something that John Paul said when he beatified Blessed Frederick at World Youth Day in 1997, when he invited the laity, especially young people, because this was World Youth Day, to show courage and imagination in working to build a more fraternal society where the less fortunate will be esteemed in all their dignity and will have the means to live in respect. And he said, with the humility and limitless confidence in providence which characterized Frederick Ozanam, have the boldness to share your material and spiritual possessions with those who are in difficulty. So I shared that invitation at the gala and just encouraging people to be generous in their support of the good works of the St. Vincent de Paul Society. I also, you know, I spoke a good bit about Blessed Frederick Ozanam just to let you know that he was only 40 years old when he died. So Hmm. he died on the feast of the birth of Mary September 8th, the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And he had a lot of devotion to Mary. It was September 8th, 1853. But then after his death and the society continued to grow and spread around the world, I just want to tell you just a few of the holy men and women who were members of the St. Vincent de Paul Society. St. Gianna Beretta Mola, 
St. Richard Pampori, Blessed Giorgio Frassati, mm-hmm. St. John Paul II. This was way before he was Pope. Over 500 martyrs of the Spanish Civil War were Vincentians and many other saints and blesseds. So that's kind of amazing. You know, so for those who have a desire to love God and neighbor and put it into practice, who want to be better and more fervent Christians, I think the Society of St. Vincent de Paul enables one to be so. Yeah, no, one's not going to acquire status or fame or wealth being a member, but something much, <laughs> yeah. much, much more, and that's holiness. So as you can tell, I'm a fan of St. Vincent de Paul Society. I hope it'll continue to grow and be strong. I'm always happy when a parish that doesn't have a conference starts one. As a matter of fact, just fairly recently, Christ the King Parish in South Bend began. Now, they had already had a food pantry and everything, but they decided to have a a conference of the St. Vincent de Paul Society, so I was really happy about that. So we continue to see new conferences Right, you know, being formed right here in our diocese. And would being a member is it is it similar to a third order, like with a Carmelite or Franciscan Dominican third order? Is that a similar thing? I would say it's a particular brand of spirituality, and that's in that okay. sense, it's similar, but it doesn't have like all the pious practices. So, like, okay. there's no distinctive habit or anything like that. But they do learn kind of by reading and there's special prayers that they say and reading about the writings of St. Vincent de Paul or Blessed Frederick. So it depends on each conference, but I think some of them, there's particular particular prayers they do when they begin the work and things like that. And they have annual mass together and retreat days sometimes. So, so they try to incorporate the spiritual into it because if you lose that then you're really losing the heart of the mission because it's very difficult if one isn't intentional about you know seeing christ in the other in the poor in the one suffering because that changes one's whole perspective and the whole idea of loving the poor in in a way that's very concrete and really having true friendship Sometimes I'll, I share that I live right next to the Ave Maria house, so I see a lot of poor and homeless people and enter into conversations. And, you know, and sometimes people ask me for money or help, and I can just give them a little bit of help. And But you know what they appreciate the most is just having a conversation. That, mm-hmm. you know, to see their dignity and to show that you're interested in them, not just like, oh, here's $5, I got to keep, I got to keep running, you know. Right. And that's one of the things with St. Vincent de Paul Society. It's, it, it's very personal. And I think that's what people are hungering for, to not just be seen as a number or someone who's a nuisance, but someone who really has a need of human love, love from others, and, and genuine care and compassion. It's not always easy. I mean, some of the people I run into, you know, may have some mental health problems or addictions and things like that, I always have to say, this is still a child of God. This is someone who 
I need to treat and speak to with recognizing their dignity and seeing Christ in them. And I think that's really what one of the things that is really inculcated in the members of St. Vincent de Paul Society. Yeah. Well, if people want to get involved, the website is really easy to remember. There's SVDPSFW, so St. Vincent de Paul Society, Fort Wayne.org, SVDPSFW.org, and SVDPSB.org, so St. Vincent de Paul, South Bend.org, SVDPSB.org. A lot of initials, but it makes sense. So <laughs> uh, we'll put links for those in the show notes as well that you can find at spokestreet.com slash askbishop. So thanks for sharing about St. Vincent de Paul Society with us, Bishop. And before we go, could we get your Episcopal blessing? Yes. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now and forever. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Who made heaven and earth. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you, Kyle. Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. It's engineered by Josh Skipper at the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend, produced by Miriam Schmitz, and edited by Tony Marks for Spoke Street Media. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.